Welcome to the Cult of the Clock Tower. I am Andrew Nathanson. Every other week, a special guest and I have an in-depth discussion about a character from the game Blood on the Clock Tower. Today's character is the Grandmother, a townsfolk from the Bad Moon Rising edition, whose ability reads, You start knowing a good player and their character. If the demon kills them, you die too. Welcome back. Why did I put so much space in between those words? Welcome back to the show. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the grandmother, and joining me is, once again, Ed Gabriel. Hey, Ed. Hey, Andrew. Oh, as I, no, sorry, I apologize. That should have been, hey, Andrew. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, um, we're, we're speaking nice and slowly and clearly for the uh, grandmothers in the audience who are hard of hearing. Oh, um, Nice. Good get out. I guess. That's that's my post hoc justification. Yeah, um, you're going to have to keep it in now. This is all just meaning that you have to keep that slightly dodgy intro in and you can't just cut oh, the second Oh, I was planning one. to. Okay. I don't edit these things. I mean, I do edit them, but <laughs> to, to be clear, I do edit them, but I was always planning to keep that in. I thought it was wonderful. Uh, just a beautiful moment. Um, <laughs> so, the grandmother. Ed... Tell, tell me about the grandmother. Why did, why did you want to talk about the grandmother? I love the grandmother. It's one of those characters that seems really simple. And it is, mechanically, incredibly simple. And then you, there's just a whole world of social plays and mechanical plays, and mechanical information that comes off the back of something that seems like it doesn't have any of those. And I think it's great. Um, so when I saw that no one had jumped on it, I was like, brilliant! I feel like uh, it's kind of interesting because grandmother's like the washerwoman kind of of Bad Moon Rising. I feel like the washerwoman is like the one character that kind of has an incarnation on each of the scripts uh, in some way, <laughs> which is like obviously the washerwoman in Trouble Brewing. Then you've got the grandmother and BMR and I don't know, I guess the dreamer would be my argument for SNV, SNV's version of it. I mean, the uh, genuinely, the uh, I think the equivalent of washerwoman on SNV is the evil twin, right? Because they know a good player in oh. their character. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. I'm on board. <laughs> but yeah, so this is kind of an idea that plays through all the scripts. And I think it's a very important type of character to have on a script because it gives you that just like baseline of information that is somewhat clear cut and just helps the good team find each other. And I feel like that's a really important dynamic to have on most scripts. Yeah, totally agree. Just something that, that kicks the game off is really important. And you will find that the fewer of this type of character, which gives people a reason to trust and a reason to start talking and a reason to engage with other people, uh, the harder a script becomes. Um, it really can make it much more challenging on a on a grand scheme uh, as soon as you take out some of these sort of starting info, gives you information about good people, gives you something to work with. Yeah, and I mean, that is, I think, part of why at first a lot of groups have a hard time playing as good in Bad Moon Rising, because... I think it really only has the grandmother, and that's about it in terms of uh, the the strong strong initial information that points to good players. Absolutely, um, yeah. Everything else becomes a bit more, or it certainly it not becomes, but is a bit more nebulous on day one in terms of what you can do with it. Um, even all the really concrete, really strong information um, of the, you know the chambermaid, which I frequently quote as being one of the best characters in Blood on the Clock Tower absolutely doesn't give you a reason to necessarily do anything on day one 
Yeah. <laughs> um, like, because you need to know what both these people are claiming, and you need to know that they're telling the truth, and you need to work out whether it's relevant to your information. And it's like, yeah, by all means, you're going to talk to them, but it doesn't give you a reason to trust and a reason to work forward. Uh, it gives you a reason to data gather, and that's a very different start to the game. Um, puts you in a very different mindset to being able to just bimble up and be like, hey, I'm your grandmother <laughs> or washerwoman, we're going to work with this and see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. So before we get into some of the discussion of playing as the grandmother, let's go over the brief overview of how to run the character. Um, so during the setup, the storyteller selects a grandchild for the grandmother and wakes up the grandmother, shows them, points to that player, and shows them what character they are. It has to be a good player. Worth bearing in mind that uh, this, this this isn't the other way around, much like the washerwoman. The grandmother knows the grandchild. The grandchild does not know the grandmother, which is, you know, a little bit rude if you think about it. Uh, if I if I tried to to pretend that I didn't know who my grandmother was, I would hear about it the rest of my life. So <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe like they that they were just born the grandchild, and then they grew up without having much contact with their grandmother. Uh, so they don't know who the grandmother is, but the grandmother still remembers them as a baby and can somehow recognize them. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean that makes sense because there's no like child um as opposed to the grandchild is there there's no middle ground so yeah maybe there's you know an estranged family situation going on my alternative theory Uh is that the grandmother works really well if you were to change it from grandmother to time traveler and this is in fact the future version of themselves oh which is why if the younger version dies the future version dies as well that's Um, funky i like that so yeah it's a looper situation yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, I, I came. I discovered that when I was trying to come up with like some kind of time travel based character, and I basically just reinvented the grandmother. Uh- <laughs> oh, nice. It's funny how that works, isn't it? I know that you have also spent a decent amount of time trying to write characters, and every so often you'll write things and be like, "Yeah, this concept that I want to work with," and then obviously mechanically the ability for this concept is, "Oh no, wait, that's the devil's advocate. Never mind." Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there's one more thing we should probably mention here about the grandmother, which is if their grandchild gets killed by the demon, the grandmother dies as well. Uh, I alluded to that, but we never actually said it. Yeah, um, and importantly, it's, that's specifically the demon. Um, yes. So you, you, you can't have gossips or any of the minions or the moon child killing the grandchild doesn't kill the grandmother, which is often some of the best information in BMR, which is great. Yeah, it's a, it's a hidden piece of info. I feel like people look at that as a downside of the grandmother, and it can be, certainly in some situations. But also, knowing that somebody died to something that isn't the demon is quite strong. Yeah, and I mean, this is strolling slightly into the playing as um, subject, but it's something I find interesting is it's surprisingly common to see players say something like, oh, if we've not got anyone to execute, we should execute me as the grandmother because I'm a potential of an extra death later. You're not wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. If You know, that's certain, That's absolutely true. If you're worried about a Poe and you've got eight alive, then maybe there is a reason to, you know, kill your grandmother rather than having it as an extra night death that could potentially use your game, by all means. But I see people executing grandmothers with, like, 12 alive. <laughs> and I look yeah. at that and go... But that information you're wasting is great because, you know, games of Bad Moon Rising are solved by knowing whether that was a gossip or an assassin kill or whether it was a demon kill. You know, those those things can literally swing the game. And if a grandmother and their grandchild are alive mid-game, 
yeah, that's risky for the good team. But unless you are in the Poe situation, most of the time, like, don't get me wrong, as the grandmother, you need to be paying attention to the kill rhythm as to whether this could end the game if you and your grandchild both die. But outside of those scenarios where it's like, no, this could potentially be a game loser, we need to bear this in mind. I think I think that, that people over overegg the killing the grandmother. Not least because this is a soft confirmed good player. What are we what are we doing here? Yeah, no. So that's <laughs> let's get into this because yeah, I think that grandmother, like we were just talking about, is one of the only characters that can really establish early trust. And so, like, sure, I could I could buy the argument that like if they had suspicion on them volunteering to die uh, isn't the worst thing because like sure maybe you're preventing. The good team from uh you know losing some extra good players and you have another piece of information like you're confirming this other person kind of by yourself getting executed a little bit so like i can see that argument but if it's just like randomly in the middle of the game you can't decide who to kill the grandmother's often like the worst person to kill because they're one of the only people you can trust. Just kill like anyone who isn't the grandmother and the grandchild who who's a lot less uh, trustworthy. I think the thing that we see quite a lot is um, it's I, it's interestingly more prevalent than in TB. Um, people worry. There's there's always a certain amount of worry in TB whenever someone goes, "Oh, I'm you know I'm washerwoman confirmed." There's a little bit of worry. It's like, well, you could both be evil, but that's treated as sort of like a background given. Yeah, you could both be evil, but we're going to carry on until we find out or until we get something that indicates that that's a concern and then we'll work on that. Um, whereas I find that I think grandmothers and grandchild pairs seem to be actively distrusted more. I think because, like you say, the, the, the start inf- knowing information and the reason to trust each other in BMR is so much m- smaller. It's literally just them that people are so often like, will gun for a grandmother grandchild pair even though they wouldn't gun for a washerwoman washy pair in the same <laughs> situation <laughs> that's interesting i don't know that i've actually uh had the same experience okay i i think in my group they're treated about the same yeah i don't know for from from my experience it's been that more the case that like people generally trust them but then like execute them anyway sometimes for both the washerwoman and the grandmother Right. Uh, which I find really weird. I'm I'm just baffled by that every time it happens. I'm like, we all agree that we trust this person, so why are we also saying that they're the best execution? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Be- that might just be my group, though. <laughs> well, it's always the risk here. We, we, we've put forward both points of view. People will experience it based on their own groups, won't they? It'll be fine. Something uh, interesting about the grandmother is that it doesn't have a way for the evil team to successfully or or to very often successfully have an evil player bluff grandmother with a good grandchild that's just very difficult to do in badman rising because you don't have that much information whereas like in trouble brewing you can bluff the washerwoman with um with a good player if you're the spy for instance or if you've learned from a spy someone's character yeah i think that's true it's um it's i think it's also a lot more playing into that same concept that I was talking about of people tend to distrust the pair a lot more because I think specifically because it's a binary both evil or both good that makes sense yeah Um, so I think that's one of the reasons why it's certainly in the groups that I play with um, people tend to kill them earlier than the washerwoman pair because yeah a lot of the time if there's a washerwoman pair one of them could be evil and the other one could be good and therefore you know that's only one of your potentially three four evil players 
Whereas in BMR, especially if you're playing nine players or fewer, that could be both evil players. If you ignore that, right. then, you know, that's that might be it. Um, and certainly, you know, even if you're up 10, 11, 12, two of the three evil players in that, that group, and especially if, you know, you've got a DA and your demon in that group, you can't afford to leave it too late. So I, I completely understand that logic. Um, but yeah, I think it's that binary of, like you say, because you can't bluff it as easily. Um, not to say that you can't, to be clear. I like I can already feel like Adam and others yelling at me, like, why would you not bluff grandmother to people? Um, you absolutely can bluff, bluff grandmother. You're just a lot less likely to be able to do it concretely and know that you're you're getting the right character. Yeah, I've I've definitely seen games where an evil player bluffed grandmother and like had overheard a good player saying their character or something and somehow gotten away with it and just like been massively confirmed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I think Yeah, so that's a, that's a strong thing to do. <laughs> one of my top 5 games of BMR that I've played, uh I did that. I sat there. I I refused to talk to anyone privately on day 1. Uh wandered off on day 2 um and just like said to about seven or eight people that were left in the town square when I left. I'm the grandmother. I'm going to talk to five or six people today. One of them's going to be my grandchild. That's what, that's what, that's why I didn't talk to anyone yesterday. Um, and I had just been like, this person is behaving like this thing. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to go over and be like, you're my grandchild. Let's go. Um, and never, never got questioned. Um, I think what made it better was that they were a tea lady. Um, and I was like, you're absolutely behaving like a tea lady. I'm sat there as the DA um, with one of their neighbours being evil uh, <laughs> and to protect that person. And because there was one execution and we were like, grandmother confirmed tea lady with a neighbour that survived execution and we've not got that much time because three people died last night. We can't afford to double tap and check it. We'd believe that. Let's execute other people. I was like, we are off to the races, my friends. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Um, let's talk about playing as the grandmother some more. So we were talking about having the grandmother be a trusted player. In order to do that, you need to establish trust, like, kind of both ways within the, uh, the grandmother-grandchild pair, which is something we talked a lot about on the Washerwoman episode. Um, so if you want to hear more in-depth discussion about that, go and listen to that. Uh, all of the tricks basically apply the same way. Yeah, because it's just, like... Uh, do you want to give a like an overview of a couple of those, just a high level overview, Ed? Yeah, I mean, there's some of the most common ones you see. Uh, the the grandmother says, "I'm your grandmother. Give me three characters, and I'll tell you which one that you are." It's not hard confirmation because you know they've got a one in three chance of getting it right, but it's still narrowing it down. Um, you can you can have basically anything where both parties conceal knowledge and reveal it sequentially um, in a way to make them trust each other. You can also fully just commit to the third party method which i see surprisingly rarely but i actually quite like of just arbitrarily picking someone else and being like you are our th- you you know you are our middleman you're going to operate between us we're both going to tell you a character if they match you say yes um you know yeah and i i think that's surprise people worry about it because obviously if that person's the demon they get a, a free two for one kill um but if then you know most of the time they're not uh, so you can you can afford to do that and i think it's certainly it is the most powerful in terms of that confirmation because it makes it a hundred percent well 
technically not 100%. The the grandmother claimee has a one in whatever it is, 16 uh, option of characters that you could be. But still, it's the closest thing to confirmation that you can possibly get. Um, it just requires you... <laughs> you could also have uh, an, an evil third party and an evil grandchild, and they'd coordinate to say, yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that is true. Um, that is true. Um, and I am just remembering that for later. But uh, <laughs> it's obviously, if both of you, if you make it fully random who it is, then it's much less likely. And yeah, but you can... There's certainly there's options, basically anything where you're concealing information from each other and having yeah. to to decide it together is effective. Now, with all that being said, I think it's actually a little bit less important to do this for the grandmother than for the washerwoman. The reasoning is that there are less ways for the evil team to interfere. Like the grandchild is more reliable than washerwoman info. Yes. No poisoner, no drunk. Yeah. Several reasons for this. Yeah, no poison, no drunk, no spy. Um, who can be a who can be a washerwoman target? Yeah. Um, the the only way that you get a wrong grandchild is if you were sailor poisoned or, yeah. or drunk, I should say, sailor drunk or puka poisoned. Yeah. And if you're puka poisoned, there's a big tell on that when you die the next night. So it's fairly reliable to just trust your grandchild and if you just go up to them and claim their character straight up i think that can also be totally fine because you have good reason to trust them you obviously got your info and it's hard to be messed with yeah and if they just hear you claim it straight up they're going to believe you a lot more strongly than if you do one of these other methods likely yeah absolutely and uh, and certainly i see that a lot now i think there was there was certainly a, a big period where the, the the broader meta that I witnessed was always to do some sort of confirmation, but more and more often I am just seeing grandmothers walk up to their grandchildren and be like, "Hey, yeah, <laughs> I think it, I think it makes sense for grandmother. Yeah. Uh, I'm still a big advocate of washerwoman doing like the bidirectional confirmation strategies. Grandmother, though, I think it's reliable enough to just do it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Why don't we talk about what to do, like? Once you've confirmed yourself with your grandchild, you and they, you and them trust each other. Like, kind of, where do you go from the game with the game from there? How often do you, or how early do you reveal that you are a grandmother-grandchild pair? Is there anything special that having that trust can allow you to do? I think that's going to be dependent on player uh, or a character type that you've seen a lot. Yeah, I mean, in the the classic vein of all options are open, you can you can go with the simple route one and you can literally just turn around to the group and be like yo we're grandmother and grandchild confirmed this is we're confirming each other we're not evil let's bear that in mind when we're making our ability choices um you know you're basically giving that information to the other good players to do with accordingly um or you can fully go the other in the full other direction and never say it to anyone up to and including when one of you's on the block um yeah <laughs> it's it the, they all work for different reasons um it is surprisingly powerful i would say less so in bmr than in customs that include a grandmother and grandchild but it is surprisingly powerful to basically be able to turn around to people and go there's no point using abilities on us unless you're actively trying to check whether we're telling the truth it can be really effective and just fully outing that you're a pair even then it's almost all 
there's very few situations where it's worth confirming who it, who the grandchild is and who the grandmother is early. So you're probably going to want to at least do some level of bluffing about which of you is which. But outside of that, it's not really it's not necessarily a bad thing to just throw that knowledge out into the world early because, like I say, it really helps your other good players choose what they're doing with their abilities. But then conversely, you know. Keep it to yourselves. You know you trust each other, and if someone starts hard gunning for your grandchild or for you, both of you know that their information is either bad or they're evil, and that's surprisingly powerful as well. Um, so yeah, and and also like the later you survive without the evil team knowing that you have strong trust, that's going to make it so that if you both survive until later in the game, you have a lot fewer targets that you have to actually try to execute. Absolutely. And if the evil team doesn't know that, they don't they don't know that they should be killing you. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think that's the major thing in terms of like whether you reveal or don't. It's like you do either. Do what you like. You know, both of those work. Um you can approach it however you prefer. Some of that will sometimes depend on what your grandchild is, and that's kind of the next step of this decision. Yeah, I want to talk about like the reveal in terms of like when you tell the truth, when you bluff, because there's some really interesting bluffs you can pull off. Like like you were saying, keeping it kind of nebulous, who is the grandchild and who is the grandmother, can certainly be a first step in terms of making it so that the demon doesn't know who to target. Um, but there are other things that are opened up, like if if you come out as a grandmother-grandchild pair and you say that the character is the courtier, when in fact they are like the soldier, not the soldier, the, what am I trying to say, fool say, or something. Say fool, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can use that basically to to have two points of information from the evil team's perspective pointing to this person being something that they're not. So it's kind of a it's a fun way of selling a bluff like that. It's something I, I don't see super often, is grand, grandmothers just straight up lying to the town about what their grandchild is. And I think because of that, it can be fairly effective. Yeah, totally. Um, and it's, and But like you say, it very much depends on what your, your grandchild is, because... I, I've definitely had a particular joy in, um, I think I had a pacifist grandchild once, and it was like, do you know what? This is the perfect excuse to turn around to innkeepers and be like, yeah, protect us. Just, just, <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to worry till you die, right? Um, yeah. You know, and, we, and that's exactly the situation that you end up in if, is that, you know, if, the, if you do trust that innkeeper, you survived probably to well into the late game and you're yeah you're playing a risky little game because if the innkeeper dies then you've got the concern about about kill rates but you get to you get to offer other people different situations as well based on what your pair is but yeah i mean your your choices are literally open in terms of both what you do with your grandchild's ability between you and what you bluff between you because you can literally claim anything and no one's likely to to question you too much unless you are running straight into a hard double claim and you know sometimes that's interesting as well because you get to get the measure of other people by dint of that because you it, it surprises you how often uh, evil players will back down even if it's a literally a bluff if someone turns around and goes, well, this person's actually the professor and their grandmother confirmed. Yeah. Um, even <laughs> though your actual grandchild is the tea lady. Uh, it's like, they will, you know, you will get that situation where people will be like, well, I'm going to 
leave it for now anyway, um, despite knowing that it's not that you're lying, because they can't afford to say I know you're lying in with the confidence that they would like to, you know. So it's yeah, a, it's a great unless thing it's to watch a demon for. bluff, of course. Well, I mean, even if it is, there's there's been plenty of games where um, good players bluffing have double claimed a demon, and the demon has lost the battle because fundamentally a a grandchild that's a grandchild or grandmother that is hard confirmed or hard confirmed to each other and is bluffing is probably going to feel a lot more confident in that bluff than an evil player is um and so a lot of the time you will win the social read admittedly you have to be <laughs> careful with this because you can end up getting evil players uh, sorry good players executed by bluffing their character and getting them killed but it can go the other way as well it's always fun Always fun to throw some double claims out there and see the response you get to them. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, we were talking about like grandmother getting executed or not? Uh, what about getting killed at night? I feel like while the grandmother may not be the best target to try to get themselves killed during the day, getting killed at night is a pretty good idea because there's a lot of characters that act at night that you kind of want uh, their abilities to function. So you don't mind losing the grandmother quite that much. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. It's along the lines of the same reasons that. Um top fours and outsiders in trouble brewing tend to try and get killed at night tend to bluff and get killed at night um you know fun- fundamentally your ability is has a lot in common with the top four we keep comparing it to the washerwoman you're absolutely fine with being killed at night you just would prefer it if you died from being attacked rather than died from your grandchild being killed yeah but yeah, I mean, there are situations where you don't necessarily want to, especially if you are the only cover for your grandchild. Um, but apart from that, it's generally, yeah, generally worth going for a bit of a bluff, which can, you know, can be great as well. Because again, it depends on what your grandchild is. If they, if they're something valuable, then you can claim it. You can not claim it. You can do all the normal strategies around whether you claim power or not power according to your group's meta in terms of how you're going to get yourself killed and sometimes like you were saying the the deaths in the night aren't that bad uh in terms of like if you get that extra if you get killed by your grandchild also dying um or if your grandchild dies without you dying uh those are both information that you get i think the second case is the more desirable one where your grandchild dies and you don't i mean obviously it's more desirable because you're still alive but also because it's like that's the non-default option. The default that you would expect is that when your grandchild dies in the night, you will, you will also die. So when that happens, it doesn't tell you that much. It doesn't tell you whether it was a demon kill um, or you just happened to be also killed by something else. Whereas when you survive and your grandchild dies, that's info. That means you were either protected or your grandchild was killed by something that is not the demon. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really great because um, that can often result in a real confirmation chain. It's one of the things with BMR is that... Um, Often, you don't just confirm one player, you confirm three. Um, It it tends to sort of run in little groups like that, because what you'll often find is if you have no claims of innkeeper or sailor or tea lady, um, well, then you died thanks to that gossip that that gossip made earlier. And actually, suddenly, you you now know, you and your grandchild now know, that every other gossip, like it's true or false validity is also true, and you get to you know, chain off the back of that into other logic chains. Or conversely, if you've got your sailors and your innkeepers 
and it's one of those that's kept you alive, then suddenly you get to track back through those and go, right, well, I know you're telling the truth and I can now track back through your other picks and try and work out who's drunk in order to use that to confirm information. Um, like, I don't, I think every situation, yeah, every situation that I can think of where you survive your grandchild dying gives you really strong information about other, at least one other people, probably person, probably more. Because even if it's a moonchild death, yeah, you you know your moonchild did did done screwed up by uh, picking your grandchild, but presumably you were bluffing other things at the time, and therefore they didn't know. But suddenly you've confirmed an outsider. Um, and you've hard confirmed that it's an outsider and it's not the evil team trying to confirm, in quotes, one of their own team bluffing as Moonchild by killing that person. Yeah. You know it's the Moonchild that's done it. And suddenly you've got a real track of your outside account. And, you know, th- so every situation where you don't die is is great. Uh, really useful information. Um, I think the, the flip side of that, of course, is that sometimes you can socially weaponize uh, whether you die or not. Um, because it's, you know, we were talking about when you out with, that you're a grandmother, grandchild pair or not. It's like, well, the alternative is you just don't tell everyone. You tell some people um, and then see who dies, who doesn't. And, and, you know, tell a few people at a time and see if you die after you tell a specific person or the pair of you die after you tell a specific person which one of you is which. And you get to do social reads off the back of that. So it's not it's not necessarily that it's always best if the grandchild dies and you don't. It it all depends on what you're trying to get out of it. In terms of mechanical information, you get a lot when the grandchild dies and you don't. But in terms of when it happens and various other things, that's quite quite key. Uh, if you both die once, yeah, definitely. Um, the uh, that's definitely unreliable though as well. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. A lot of the time in Bad Moon Rising, there's enough demon kills flying around that like you can't read into them that much. I've found. But if if it's a low kill rate demon, especially like if you, if you're getting what you think are like single single po deaths or something, uh, that's that's the situation where you're most likely going to be able to read into that. Yeah, and I mean the other risk, of course, is um, demons tend to notice when people trust each other. It's kind of their job. So a lot of the time they will kill one of you with even if you've concealed that your grandmother grandchild because you seem to trust each other and you're building trust. Um, yeah. They won't necessarily have any clue. Um, and, you know, they've got a 50% chance of killing the one that kills both of you. So you do have to be careful with that sort of social side of it. Yeah. One other thing you put in the notes here is that if a like gambler or a chambermaid picks one of you, it can help to verify both of you. And so it's uh, it's nice to let them know this, that they don't waste too much time trying to confirm both of you. Yeah, um, there are other situations as well. Like if one of you is next to a tea lady, it kind of confirms the other. And uh, if one of you is saved by the pacifist, um, that could be a confirmation of both. So it's just generally good to let people know when you are kind of linked like that, that they don't need to keep checking both of you. Yeah, um, you I guess gambler, to... you probably wouldn't happen because presumably if you're telling them that you're the ga- uh, the grandmother, you might also tell them that you have a grandchild. Um if you're trusting them that far. Actually, on that note, where do you fall, Andrew, on the scale of... um, A lot of people, if they're approached by a gambler as the grandmother, might lie to them to make the the gambler die, uh, and knowing that they have the backup being able to turn around and go, well, no, well, actually, we're the other way around. I wanted you to prove that you're the grandmother, the the gambler, even. And where do you fall on the scale of getting the gambler to survive by telling them the truth? I fall on the side of 
having them survive by telling the truth. I think that uh, in general, people way overrate strategies that like cause someone else to lose their ability in exchange for you being able to trust them. There are a few cases of this. That that what you just mentioned is one of them, where you can basically cause the gambler to kill themselves so that you can say, ha, now I trust that you're the gambler. In particular, I feel like that's a very... I just feel like people want to do that so badly because you want to be able to trust that gambler. But once they're dead, you can't... You don't get that much out of trusting them because... <laughs> like, if sure, if it's late in the game, then maybe. But if it's early on in the game... All, you don't get anything else out of that gambler ability for the rest of the game. Uh, and all you know is that you can trust a dead player, which, I mean, you can often trust dead players anyway. Yeah, the similar similar thing happens with Juggler. Uh, I was on a stream game recently where I actually, okay, I was like lying. I wasn't actually the Juggler, but I was the artist, and I was going to ask a Juggler-esque question. And good player lied to me, and I was like, what's up with that? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on a related note, actually, I, I, I'm so I'm very inclined to agree with you um, that there's there's very little info gained by by killing someone, um, and and also like on a on a fully social level, it's a bit of a shitty thing to do, isn't it? Um, you know, turning around <laughs> to someone and going, "I appreciate that you probably wanted to use your ability, but I would rather you didn't." Um, that's basically <laughs> what you're doing. So you've got to have a really strong reason to do that. Like I can accept it if it's like mid to late game in a zomble game, and they're one of the candidates, and you've just executed someone during that. You know, it's a guaranteed zomble game, and you've executed someone during the day and getting them to gamble wrong that night. Yeah, I can see that if they're one of the candidates, and it because that eliminates them twice, right? That's the only situation. Yeah, where no, that, that's really that, that absolutely is. Yeah, that's definitely a good time to do it. But outside of that, I'd be I'd be really careful about it. Um, not least because, yeah, mechanically, potentially, like it's one of those things that we it comes up quite a lot. You know, um, this is a social deduction game. There is always the answer. There's a lot of plays that technically, technically, if you all came out first thing on day one and claimed what you are, then you'd win statistically more games than you do otherwise. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But it's a game. Let's have fun. Um, so it's always worth bearing that in mind with your plays as well. Um, it's not particularly fun for a gambler to be lied to and then die. Um, and what you're doing is making them feel bad, and then they're going to gun for you. Uh, so <laughs> I generally wouldn't do it. Um, conversely, if your grandchild is a gambler, amazing. Probably one of my favorite grandchildren to get. Um, because yeah, you, it's, you know really whether useful. they died to their own gamble or not. It's great. Other fun uh, grandchildren... Um, I like Innkeeper a lot as a grandchild because they can just keep protecting their grandmother and you lose on that, like you lose that info, but like just always having a good player that they know they can protect and who doesn't have an ability that they mind making drunk. It's always nice. And in some ways it means that they sort of have a floating drunk, much like the sailor in their other pick, which is quite, can be quite interesting as well because if, um, yeah. If someone's not claiming to be drunk and they're claiming powerful information, you do get to ask that little bit of a question of, well, you say you're the chambermaid, but I picked you and the grandmother, and I know they're the grandmother, and you seem <laughs> to have good information. Why do you think the storyteller would drunk the protected grandmother over you? You know, you yeah. get to play that <laughs> game, which is great. So many things rely on uh, knowing that your storyteller will run things like that, which they usually will. Uh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, a lot of utility from those those 
that sailor and innkeeper stuff comes from being able to track track down the drunkenness. This is one other thing we haven't touched on much, which is uh, all this time we've been assuming you just have a grandchild. But what if you talk to the person you think is your grandchild and they don't know who you are? They're just someone completely different. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so if you've met your grandchild or your supposed grandchild, the person you were told that was your grandchild, and they ardently deny being the thing that you think they are, well, that that's incredibly powerful information. Because if you don't die tonight, you know that there's a sailor, almost certainly, that's picked you on, on the first night, or you know that you were protected on the second night from a pucker, and you get some really great information out of I'd that. like to think that uh, this situation is kind of like the the sailor becomes your grandchild <laughs> yeah absolutely it's like it's like the sailor's like no i'm your grandchild now you have adopted me yeah uh, <laughs> which is you know exactly how sailors work um <laughs> yes uh so that's actually surprisingly powerful so i i found it quite interesting certainly early on because i saw a grandmother be like oh you're not my grandchild well, we might as well kill me because I don't like. I'm useless now, and I don't have any information, and there's nothing I can assist with. And you sort of sat there and went, "Yeah, but if you'd waited 24 in-game hours, you'd <laughs> you'd have not died, and you'd suddenly be going somewhere. There is a sailor, or I was picked by an innkeeper or a tea lady last night. Find them for me. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's def- definitely worth bearing in mind that just because your ability feels wasted, it's not wasted. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 think about how, how useful it is to know that you're drunk. Because drunkenness and poisoning always have some source, yeah. whenever you can figure out that you were drunk or poisoned, that's so useful. And yeah, grandmother just gets that for free. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's move on to section two, bluffing as the grandmother. Uh, you already touched on this a little bit earlier when you're talking about just like your story of claiming grandmothered and just being confirmed all game when you successfully picked out a good player. But let, let's talk about other times to to claim grandmother. First of all, I, w- I was wondering, do you what what merit do you think there is in claiming grandmother on the good team when you're not actually the grandmother? Because I was struggling to think of a time when this is particularly good. Because it just it feels to me like it's hard to pull off, and the upside of doing it isn't enormous. I guess the situation I would most think it to be useful is to basically like do a fancy kind of role swap, where you get someone that you can trust, and then you claim to be their grandmother, and then you can, if you want to, also fabricate that they are some other character. So it's like it's like layers on layers, but it's like basically kind of the same idea of a role swap where you find someone, you decide to trust them, and then you coordinate a bluff. I feel like that's the way to really use the grandmother on the good team. Otherwise it's pretty difficult. Yeah, I think there is a there is a world where you can use it to just direct kills. If you if you're pretty sure about that that fool um claiming that they're your like, you know, picking the people that you're getting the worst social reads are and being oh but you know oh by the way um i trust you i'm the grandmother and that person is my grandchild the professor um you know there's there's worlds where that i can see that um i would certainly do it much more if uh there were there were more characters that had a stronger reason to to want to be targeted at night yeah like if you're if you're playing in a custom and there's a sage or a raven keeper or a soldier I would, you know, take that to the next level and you could really start manipulating that. 
But on BMR, I don't think it's as common. I mean, like you say, there's some powerful, not powerful, there's some fun, like, role swap type shenanigans that you can get into. Um, but I don't think it has the same pseudo mechanical benefit as it does in other in other scripts. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I th- it, as an evil bluff, I think there's a lot more to talk about. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start going into that? Yeah, totally. Um, so, I mean, the the basics of this is that simple. One of you claims grandmother. One of you claims that they, you're a grandchild. Importantly, make sure you do both parts of this equation. Um, <laughs> there's nothing more awkward than as a demon being like, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to claim grandmother. And then by the time you get to your minions, they've both claimed things that weren't the thing you claimed to be grandmother of. And you're like... <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> so yeah, make sure that you have got the other side prepared or that you know what you're switching out of. Um, with the proviso, as exactly as we've just talked about, not many reasons to bluff grandmother as a good player, so <laughs> you need to be careful about that. But I mean, the flip side of it, of course, is that you can, in almost any situation where you would claim grandmother, you can claim the ability of your, quote, grandchild and no one will bat an eye when you go, yeah, I'm actually the grandmother of the person who is that character, and they'll be like, makes sense. Because that is generally, that is often how those interactions go. But it's just worth bearing in mind that you don't want to start claiming grandmother and then be like, oh no, I don't have a grandchild. <laughs> or vice versa, of course. You don't want to claim that I've been grandmother confirmed and not. I mean, I guess if that happens, you can always pivot to the the puka has targeted me or sailor. Um, and hope that one of your teammates has a bluff that helps with that. <laughs> true, 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 true. Yeah, there are options. It's, there there uh, are. You, you, it just not it's, easy though. It's giving you an uphill battle to start, which you've got to be a little careful for. Having said that, by contrast, I think you're you're much more capable. Depending on the type of players you have, I've seen plenty of good players fully lie about being grandmother confirmed, just so they don't get executed too early. So, you know, not the end of the world if you do the other thing and then realize that that minion you were going to get to claim grandmother for you uh, can't. Um, but, you you know, treat with caution, but it is feasible to do that as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. I've, I just had a thought based on what you were talking about earlier when we were talking about, like, the bidirectional confirmation. Yeah. If you can, if you can manage it, you could claim to a good player to be their grandmother call over an evil member as your third party and then say you're both going to whisper what that person is to them and then just the the third party evil player just confirms no matter what it's like it's like what i was talking about yeah Uh, i was thinking you accidentally set this up but if you're bluffing grandmother you can intentionally set this up where the evil player confirms that you both said the same thing so like for instance uh you whisper you know some nonsense the good player whispers that they are uh, the innkeeper, and then the evil third party is like, yep, you both said innkeeper, so... Yeah, uh, <laughs> you, just, you just need to make sure you're doing it with a third party who's going to remember to say, yes, you both said innkeeper, and doesn't <laughs> yeah. just go, you said the same thing, and then walk off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't I hadn't thought of trying that before, because like you were saying, the, the third party confirmation idea isn't super common, although I think it could become more common, certainly. I think I made it less common... Uh, than it should be by the first I've I've always advocated for it and yet the first time I used it on stream um, I well I say used it someone was like someone told me they were the washerwoman and they wanted to 
they they needed to find their person, and I was like, "You should do this thing because because I I wish people would do it more." But I was evil, so I did tell them to go and use my <laughs> demon as the middleman. Um, so I kind of poisoned that well before I even used <laughs> it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's fun. I think it's worth doing. <laughs> ah, I guess inviting a third player into the equation is a little bit uh, suspect. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Yeah, especially if you're choosing. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, a, a savvy grandchild would probably be like, no, I'll pick. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, assuming that you're... I, I mean, to be fair, in terms of strategy, because we've not taken notes on this a uh, bit, um, the rest of the strategy, I suppose, when you're in the situation where you've got a good grandchild as an evil player, is probably... I mean, you're pretty restricted later. You need to leave them alive at least until you know what else you're going to be your evil team's going to be bluffing i mean it's an absolute happy place if you can get one of your fellow evils to claim gossip um and kill your grandchild with it um at, at a time when the rhythm fits um i've certainly seen that uh not specifically this but the utilizing of a gossip bluff and an actual Poe in a world where you're selling a Zomboul game to 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 do the rhythm of kills being a bit wonky. <laughs> yeah. Because um, you don't have to drop as many kills as you would if one of your minions is also bluffing gossip when you're when you're the Poe, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that plays in as an, an extra level on that because you get to be even stronger. Like, well, they absolutely have to be the gossip because my grandchild died on a day after we executed someone and that thing they said is clearly true and they said it was a zomble in their gossip, etc., etc. Um <laughs> Yeah, layers on layers. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of play there. I think you've got to be, yeah, okay, it's just you've got to be careful because... If at any point you do need to kill that grandchild, especially if you find out that they're, you know, the professor or something. Um, not least yeah. because <laughs> professor grandchildren do often tend to want to kill their grandparents and respect <laughs> them. So you've got to watch out for that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, outside of that, you've just got to be that little bit wary of, uh, you need to have a get out plan for how you're offing your grandchild as necessary. Um, <laughs> Which is, sounds like the most horrendous <laughs> court case. Uh. One other note you have in here that I like is that you said you can just claim grandchild or grandmother. Uh, wait, hold on. Oh, you said you can claim uh, that you are a grandchild without having anyone lined up to, as your grandmother. Yeah. I was also thinking you can do the opposite, which is just be like, yeah, I'm the grandmother. I'm not going to tell you who my grandchild is. And then either later you can pivot into, okay, yeah, this evil player is my grandchild. Uh, or maybe you can swing it with a good player. Or you can just like have that claim sit out there and then never tell anyone, and eventually everyone's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And then they execute you, and you're a minion, and you're happy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, especially if you're you're a DA and you can get the timing right. Oh, it's a happy time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of value to just like floating one end of a grandmother um, <laughs> claim out there and just being like, yeah, this is the thing. I'm involved in a grandmother pair. Especially because, like like we mentioned, it is very common that grandmothers and grandchildren will not confirm which is which in terms of grandmother-grandchild. Yeah. And so you basically get to claim two characters for free up until the point you decide which one you actually want. And that can be massively 
effective, um, especially with the the ability to to flex your information accordingly. And because <laughs> there's so many reasons for you to bluff in that scenario. I love the idea of a triple layered bluff where you claim that you're a grandmother with a grandchild somewhere out there and then you fall back into, well, actually, it's the other way around. I'm the grandchild with a grandmother out there and I'm actually this information character. And then when that information bluff goes wrong, you back out into, oh, I'm actually the fool who was bluffing in order to, yeah, you know, you can really layer those up to have some fun. That sounds wild. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on bluffing as the grandmother before we move on? Um, I think the only other one is if you do manage to convincingly get a good player grandchild, um, if you're a minion rather than the demon, uh, you can discredit them whenever you want to. Um, and you probably get to use up two executions for doing it. You know, at any point you can make yourself look really evil. And because of that same binary that we talked about, where almost always grandmother pairs are evil or good, uh, if you look evil and you get executed pretty goddamn sure that your grandchild is getting executed <laughs> tomorrow as well and that yeah, might just true. be the freebie that you need to get you through uh to the end of the game um let's move on to running the grandmother as storyteller it's fairly straightforward but it has a few weird edge cases so you have to choose the grandchild obviously at the start of the game and there are a lot of things that can go into choosing who the grandchild is it's there's not really any bad choices. I guess maybe two. You you put in two options here that are you have to think a little bit harder about. But almost any option for grandchild is going to be totally fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, the the as, two that are a little bit suspect. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't even hesitate without even really looking at a grimoire. I'd very happily throw a grandchild reminder token on <laughs> almost any good player except for the lunatic and the goon. The goon, because you're basically turning around to that outsider and going, you're not really being an outsider this game. And a lot of people quite like playing the goon with a little bit of chaos in. So you're very much, as a storyteller, you're basically making a choice that restricts that player's agency, which I, if if in doubt, I vastly try and avoid. I want my players to be able to do whatever they want to do. Um, so think twice about a goon and the other one being the lunatic, as I mentioned, because it's not necessarily that you're limiting... The lunatic's player agency, you're just limiting the entire evil team's player agency. Because if that lunatic gets a grandmother that confirms them as the lunatic, which obviously the confirmation chain there is different, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, if they believe them, any evil player that tries to convince that lunatic that they're the demon after that is um, in trouble, <laughs> shall we say. Uh, because they're trying to convince someone who believes that they're good, that they're evil, um, and that's not going to go so well for them. By the way, that's something I haven't thought about before, but an interesting play as the as a minion trying to convince your demon that they're a lunatic. Uh, just claim to be their grandmother. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, that, that, I've never seen that before, but that would be funny. Yeah. I don't really believe that minions should typically be trying to make their demon think they're a lunatic, but, you know, if you're going to... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but conversely, you could like it has been it has been demonstrated that the play of just turning around to random people occasionally and being like, "I'm the grandmother and you're the lunatic," can reap <laughs> rewards if you get an actual <laughs> demon who's like, "Oh no, <laughs> that's so funny." Uh, I want to do that now. I, I have a habit of just like claiming. I just in every Badman Rising game, I just walk up to everybody and I'm like, "Hey, so uh, which which minion are you?" Uh, <laughs> Just to make them think, just in case they want to try to be an actual minion and play along thinking I'm a lunatic. I'm going to add, hey, uh, 
I'm your grandmother, you're the lunatic. I'm going to add that to my repertoire and just mix it up between those two every single game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just throw in, don't just throw in the lunatic. Just walk up to people randomly and go, hey, I'm the grandmother, you're the sailor, and just see what happens. Um, <laughs> like, you know, you've you've got decent odds. Um, and I, I have on one occasion uh, caught a minion with it because they were like, ooh, free bluff. Uh, <laughs> and they were like yes i am how did you know and then turns out that that was a double claim and yep. yeah we found that <laughs> it's fine um but yeah no, there's loads of options there i had a fun game recently of trouble brewing where i was the spy and i just walked up to one of my friends at the start and uh i was like let me guess what character you are just by like how you're acting and i called him out as the mayor and he was like whoa how did you do that and somehow somehow it was never put together that I was the spy. Uh, <laughs> very fun. By contrast, I had the um, the, the 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 really unfortunate experience uh, as the psychopath in the psychopath reveal stream of um, accidentally outing my demon by extension because I had turned around to various people and been because I as the psychopath was like I want to find out what people are. I was turning around to them going I'm the washerwoman. Give me three characters and I'll tell you which one they you are. And I think mm-hmm. I did it to like five people and I got three of them correct. And so yeah. when I then outed as the psychopath and murdered someone, the good team turned around and went, he'd clearly spoken to the spy. Um, <laughs> and I was like, technically that's true, but they didn't have time to give me the grimoire. And unfortunately it meant that we got the demon <laughs> killed because wow. I was just like, you feel like a whatever and got three out of five correct on a pick of three. And it was like, oh no, this should be a good thing, but it's gone so wrong. <laughs> Very fun. So yeah, what were we talking about? Oh, right. Grandmother, uh, lunatic, and goon. Yeah, those are those are the ones where you kind of limit the way people can play. Other characters, any other character, you're only expanding the range of play um, by making it so that they can just be a little bit more trusted right away. Tinker is an interesting one. Gambler is an interesting one. Gossip. Those are all ones that can die to their own ability. And it's it's having the grandmother will let them know that that has happened. So that's always nice. Yeah, I think it's... Um, people are surprising. I think because of the lunatic and goon, and also because people have got the washerwoman in their heads, they're, it's, it's less common than it should be, statistically, for people to give uh, outside of grandchildren. And it's like, yes, absolutely, as I've said, generally be wary of lunatic and goon. But Tinker and Moonchild are really good grandchildren. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, yeah, don't hesitate to throw, especially a Tinker, you know, as you've said, it's great information for the Tinker. They know that their ability is probably propped. Um, but it's also quite good for a grand, uh, for a Moonchild to be the grandchild. Yeah. A, a uh, grand you also moon, then, they, then, then, yeah, they then become the Moon grandchild. Yeah. Yeah, you get to have a lot of fun with names, and it also means that um, it's quite it's quite powerful for a moon child to have their field of choice reduced um, by people they can trust um, in terms of when they are when they have died and who they're going to kill. It's, it can be really useful for them, so it's not it's not a bad thing to give a, a, a moon child grandchild. <laughs> I genuinely hesitated in the middle of that because I felt like I had to have been doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> One one thing I'll say it'll be a little bit careful about in terms of it's possible to make the grandmother very, very powerful, which is if you're in a zero outsider game with a godfather and you give an outsider grandchild, now 
I mean, I guess it's not that dissimilar to like a librarian in a Zero Outsider game, but it's still, it's pretty powerful information. And being able to narrow down the minions in BMR is quite strong. Yeah, it also blocks off the evil team being able to bluff at all. It doesn't just go, um, we know that this minion is play in play even. It also says, and you do not get to bluff as an outsider because we have the one outsider and they're confirmed. So anyone else that claims the outsider at that point is is in trouble. Yeah, and also once you're you're confirming that outsiders, they're less likely to be executed during the day. So the grand uh, the Godfather is also then not going to get an extra kill. So it's like, yeah, it's it's if you do that, you're very se- severely nerfing the Godfather. I just realized that the Godfather is another family based name. So with a Godfather, the Grand Moonchild might not be a good idea. <laughs> I'm now just wondering about the law here, right? Because clearly the parents are absent. Um, that's true. But we have an evil godfather <laughs> and the grandmother that's good. What is the, <laughs> the the story there as to, like, was the godfather a friend of the dad's and the dad has gotten AWOL and joined, you know, Maybe the de- maybe the devil's advocate is a is the dad, um, and they that's why the godfather and the dad are working together to try and reclaim yeah. <laughs> the grandchild from the grandmother. I don't know. I, I like it. I we like could it. we could have a good fanfic here. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of if any other characters fit into this. Um, I'm, the only thing I'm wondering about the narrative here is like, is this all just one? very weird family like lots of lots of cousins and things that all live in the same house and the poor like chambermaid um who actually has to look after them um and you know you've got the goon and the lunatic that are kept in the attic um and the the moon child which is actually a changeling um <laughs> I, I think this this does explain the outsiders because the tinker is obviously the handyman that you know yeah uh-huh. we're in we're in old victorian house here he has his shed gardener and handyman and that's why the outsiders are outsiders the Moonchild is a changeling, and the goon and the lunatic are sort of the family embarrassment that are hidden in the attic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, who, who let me get started? I, I, I like you're supposed it. to keep uh, brains on here. Uh, no, it's it's good. This is what people come for. I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> that's 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 it. That's perfect. So as we were saying, um, the grandmother can have basically anyone as their grandchild. And it's pretty much fine. Yeah, you've just got to be a little bit careful um, with putting the grandmother in play in the first place, to be honest. Um, I don't necessarily question who should be the grandchild. Um, you can, like we say, we can do more or something. But putting them in play is the, a little bit more of a choice than uh, who their grandchild's going to be. Um, because, you know, your high death demons plus your, your killing minions can result in a lot of death uh, if the yeah. demon manages to hit the grandmother. So just worth bearing in mind uh, when you're throwing those tokens in the bag. Yeah, the other there's a couple other interactions that are worth knowing about, which is if the grandmother is drunk, uh, well, for one thing, they lose their ability, so they can't die if their grandchild dies. Uh, and if they are drunk or poisoned on the first night, like we were talking about, uh, the protocol is you still assign them a grandchild, like you still put the grandchild token on somebody, so they have a grandchild, and if that grandchild is killed by the demon, they will still die later, assuming they're not drunk anymore. But you can pretend to them that anyone is their grandchild and show them any character with any person. So 
yeah, it's kind of a weird situation where they get assigned a real grandchild, but they don't know who it is. And there's a bit of a choice in terms of who you show them then. And I typically like to weight it based on how they were made drunk or poisoned. And if it's a sailor, um, I'll usually show them something that's kind of just like obviously fake. And it's kind of allowing the sailor to become their grandchild when they reveal it. Whereas if they were poisoned by the puka, I'll usually use that to try to help the evil team and maybe show an evil player. Although you can't do it too consistently, obviously, because you can get metaed. But like, you know, show something that I think is going to help the evil team. Maybe show an evil player with a bluff or maybe show a good player um, to try to make them think that that's what's happening. But yeah, in general, it's a little bit weird that you still assign that grandchild. Um, and that's not obvious, but that is how it works. It's one of the situations where you end up with the, the you still place the reminder token, even though it's not relevant right now. Um, so this is another example of, you should put that reminder token down and then invert it to show that it's not, it, that the ability that's causing it is currently drunk or poisoned. Um, but because you need to keep that in mind for later, which is great because there's there's nothing quite as entertaining as the grandmother trying to work out whether they died at night because the other person that died at night was their actual grandchild, um, or whether they whether yeah. it was just a shabloth <laughs> that killed two people. Um, can be really entertaining to watch. So, yeah, uh, other funny interactions. If the grandmother is revived by the professor or shabloth. They can be assigned a new grandchild. They don't have to keep their old grandchild, uh, which I also enjoy from a thematic perspective and plays into your idea that this is all one big family, so they have multiple grandchildren that they can have. But for some reason, they don't, they don't know who they are until they come back to life. Um, I now want to construct the situation where the grandmother... Hmm, how could you do that? I like the idea of... Maybe a pucker is trying to sell us on Ball World for some reason. They've poisoned the grandmother on night one. The grandmother dies night two. And the pucker has picked them, then picks them on night three to try and be like, I'm just sinking a kill. I'm hiding the fact that it's a pucker. And the professor resurrects them. So the grandmother gets two <laughs> bad sets of grandchildren. <laughs> and you're nice. like, your grandchildren are the evil team. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> this... I, I guess that could also happen with the uh, with the puka if they targeted the grandchild the night before. Then they target the grandmother, not knowing that the grandmother is going to die anyway. Yeah. To the grandchild, or well, that then wait, no, then the grandmother wouldn't die because they'd be poisoned. Something. No, they'd already have, they'd already have died at the same time does... as the. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, if you. How does the time uh, work you, on that? You poison again before they die. Because it allows you to kill innkeepers and protected players and two lady neighbors, etc. Um, right. Yeah. So, so yes, that actually that, wouldn't yeah. work. But yeah, <laughs> I like your situation where yeah, there's just a reason for them to get they, bad information twice. It's like you are the worst grandmother. Like, are you my grandchild? No, 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 old lady. <laughs> I've never met you before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they're gonna start thinking that they're accidentally like playing a script that has the drunk on yeah, it. <laughs> But, you know, if they solve that, that's amazing information. It's just, you know, the odds of it is, solving It's very that, good. <laughs> not, not high. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else that you want to go over uh, in terms of running the grandmother as storyteller? Anything else that's tricky? Um, I think it's just uh, it, the grandmother is the classic is a classic example in BMR of just making sure you've got all your reminder tokens correct. Um, because it's very easy to it's very easy in BMR because there's absolutely billions of them. Um, to just be like, oh, I've not put these reminder tokens down, but I'll remember. Um, 
and it's yeah, you need to check for grandmother. Everything you're checking is in reminder tokens, not in in character tokens. So you know because you need to be checking for tea lady protection, innkeeper protection, uh, innkeeper drunkenness, sailor drunkenness, pucker poison for all of the points when a grandmother would die, and those are all in the reminder tokens. So it's just worth remembering that. They're, they're there for a reason. Um, I think I say this every time I come on an episode. Like, reminder tokens! Love them! Um, but yeah, <laughs> if you're not using them too much, it's very true. you're going to get in trouble with grandmothers, which doesn't seem like the character that you would, but surprisingly, really is. Yeah, it, it's also a character where it really reinforces that you need to read the character abilities carefully in Bad Moon Rising. Because it specifically says, like, died to the demon... Like, it's not going to trigger on other night deaths. It's not going to trigger on execution. You really got to keep those things in mind. Um, and I think that's also something that new storytellers are likely to get wrong, so it's worth repeating. I think that about wraps it up, though. Thank you so much for being on the episode, Ed. Yeah, thanks for having me, Andrew. For anyone listening, you can always hear episodes every other week. And until then, I'll see you next time. Adios. Adios.